0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm running about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now. We have some fun stuff. Looking at the depth charts of each team, uh, some slide lists as well that you can check out. Looking at the quarterback rankings, uh, running back rankings, uh, wide receivers, tight ends. Check all that out. Uh, some good stuff there to help you with reality and fantasy setup here for 2019. And that's what we continue to do here at Lockdown Fantasy Football. We've been rolling along with our team previews. We're going division by division. We're almost a third of the way through the NFC. We went through the NFC East teams there, then went to the NFC North. We're on the NFC South now. We talked about the Atlanta Falcons on the previous show. Now we're up to the Carolina Panthers as we're going alphabetical order, division by division, four teams a week to get you ready for training camp and kind of uh, assess the outlook of all these teams in fantasy football from what we know now and what we need to look out for in the preseason for a developing situation. So that's what we're doing here, bridging the gap from OTAs and minicamp to training camp and giving the, the insight that we know for now looking at these teams and With the Carolina Panthers, it's a team that we're aware of here, uh, based in Charlotte, that we look at very carefully, so it's a team with a lot of fantasy upside, we know that, uh, and it's been the case in the past, and a good place to start, as we've done with every team, is their quarterback, and we have Cam Newton here, and Cam Newton really fell off there as being that QB one that we're used to, that solid plug-and-play guy, For what he usually does. He still ended up with 28 total touchdowns last year in 14 games. He had only 3.395 yards passing there. So limited yards passing for Cam Newton. He didn't run as much either. 480 yards on the ground with uh, 4 TDs there. So not... Terrible for Cam Newton, but it was a year where we saw a lot of people put up some big numbers. When you look at his uh, passing yards, that's another year where he's under 4,000. That's kind of the MO of this team. It's a very running-oriented team overall, so that kind of hurts his value. But the 488 rushing, that's not what you expect here. It's his second lowest total that he's had. Uh, he had 359 in 2016, which is also... A disappointing season coming off a year that he had 636 yards rushing and 10 TDs there in his MVP season of 2015. So Cam Newton, the it's tough because it's a changing landscape here. There's been some other quarterbacks stepped in, put up some big numbers. You look at Deshaun Watson with his running ability and big-time passing at Patrick Mahomes lighting things up there as well. You got some pocket passers in general, Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck doing some damage there, so Cam Newton is a hard guy to assess going into 2019 because he's coming off the shoulder surgery, and again, he's only hit that 30 touchdown passing mark once in his career, that was in 15, which was an amazing season overall just dominated, was totally worthy of MVP as the Panthers advanced all the way to Super Bowl 50, but can you? There is legitimate concern there. There's also some legitimate optimism. So, to me, Cam Newton is a boomer bust player at this point. His average yards per attempt last year were 7.2, which pretty low for a guy with such a big arm there. A little, little bit more efficient, but I think he was reined in as well with that arm. And that's going to be a thing. Can he push the ball downfield? That's when you got the big results in 2000. 15, he had the big plays that uh, really helped him, uh, whether it was Ted Ginn or Philly Brown, those type of receivers that really look at it. Because 7.2 is rather low. You look at his uh, best years here, he had 8.0 in his uh, second year in 2012. That was a pretty good season, but he had a lot of turnovers there. Um, In 2015, it was a 7.8. That's what we're looking for more from Cam Newton because he need that because that history is they're not going for 4,000 yards. He's not going to go 4,500 or 5,000 all of a sudden. That's just not going to happen. That's not the nature of what the Panthers want to do. So the touchdowns are more critical, both passing and rushing for Cam Newton, sort of those padded rushing yards as well. And We figure coming off the injury and getting banged up a little bit more, Mobley's now older quarterback. He's getting into his uh, age thirty time here so he just turned 30 in May so the age has got to be concerned, the wear and tear he's taken a little bit they want to keep him healthier here so and with North Turner they want to power on the ball, throw the ball downfield and Cam Newton is definitely going to do his running when he needs to, we've seen that but the biggest difference now is that Cam Newton is not going to be their goal line back it's Christian McCaffrey doing a lot of the uh, scoring there for the Panthers, and uh, they've got a little bit more of a crowded backfield. So the traditional things where you see Newton running the ball and scoring in the red zone, you don't see that as much as uh, Christian McCaffrey's coming off a 13-total touchdown season for the Panthers. So it was a little bit diversified there, but this team really didn't score as much as we thought on the ground when they got in pretty deep and had some... uh, issues there at times in the red zone. And they kind of stalled because they're predicated on throwing the ball downfield. It didn't quite work out. McCaffrey again did a lot of damage there overall with short passes and his uh, traditional rushes. But the upside it should be there for Cam Newton to have more passing touchdowns. It's pretty low total for this team last year. When you look at it only twenty eight Receiving touchdowns. It's still going to be more about the run. Last year they had 17 rushing touchdowns. A pretty healthy number in this league when you average more than one per game here. So, again, Cam Newton is a little bit of boomer bust feel. I think he's a good rebound candidate. Because he, again, limited to 14 games. He should be fully healthy from the shoulder. He's totally indoctrinated to Norv Turner's offense, which will help. And I think his uh, weapons are more settled here. As uh, they have a little bit more experience, they're still young, have fresh legs, but have the experience as well to be an impact around him. And uh, there's also some factors where I think not only are his young receivers, and uh, whether it's a wide out or out of the backfield, are established threats there. He's also got a little bit more help from tight end with Greg Olson returning here, healthy to help uh, Ian Thomas, the young heir apparent of that position, come along. Then With the Panthers, I think the concern is going to be the offensive line a little bit. How can they keep Cam Newton upright? But they did invest a second-round pick on Greg Little there, who has the potential to start at left tackle in time. And Darrell Williams were able to bring back him, so they feel good about him. Upgraded center with Matt Paradis. So some definitely tweaks for the better to keep Cam Newton healthier and in there. And I think part of that is going to be not letting him just take off and run willy-nilly here as he gets an older quarterback that has now a shoulder concern because as Cam Newton's health goes, the Panthers will go here in 2019. Christian McCaffrey, we focus in on him at running back. I mean, what a stud. Last year, he had 219 attempts rushing, but then you add in the 107 touches, through his 124 targets, immense efficiency there from Christian McCaffrey. So that is a ton of touches when you look at it at 326 touches. From scrimmage, he does really well here with uh, 1098 rushing and uh, another 867 on the ground. So when you look at that with the receiving... It's a 1965 yards from scrimmage, 13 combined TDs. That is some elite production there. And there's every indication that you would feel that uh, with even a little bit more rushing spike in production there, continued receiving ability, that 2,000 yards and 15 touchdowns are well within reach for Christian McCaffrey. So you feel really good about that. Using that conversation, I think I'd rather have Saquon Barkley or an Ezekiel Elliott there early in the draft, but Christian McCaffrey's right up there with those guys is that monstrous touch back. I mean When you have 32, you're looking at 326, you're looking at 20 a game. That's what you're looking for. In this era of committees and all that, McCaffrey's still being featured, still being dominant. He's very healthy and in good shape, very durable. He proved that. Everyone was concerned about that aspect. And Credit goes to Norv Turner for ignoring that and treating him like LaDainian Tomlinson in the past, because Christian McCaffrey, if you look at it, is not much different than LaDainian Tomlinson frame-wise, and I kind of kept saying this when he came out in the draft. I didn't think people gave him enough credit for being that inside runner. That's why he was a Heisman finalist. I know he did a lot of things, jack of all trades, great return man, was a key cog as a receiver, but... Didn't get enough credit for that part of his game, and that's why he was in the high conversation, because he had a nose for the end zone. And You don't score touchdowns unless you're special. They're working between the tackles, grinding in that tough yardage in the red zone. And Chris McCaffrey proved that to everyone last year and proved exactly why the Panthers took him so high in the first round a couple years ago. So the question is, how do they find his backup here? They did use a pick in the draft on Jordan Scarlett, a fifth rounder. They also have Elijah Holyfield hanging on, Elijah Hood there. Cameron Artis Payne was retained. So I think they would like to have one guy, but I just don't see that one guy being there. Jordan Scarlett and Cameron Artis Payne really aren't great receivers when you look at it deep. So they're going to have to get creative there. I think you'll probably see Curtis Samuel pick up some catches. So you'll have Artis Payne or Scarlett. One of those guys are going to be – viable as the next man up here holyfield i think is a little bit of a longer shot to do that but they could be limited to some early down work where again they go in a different direction and maybe use the wide receivers a little bit more to make up for mccaffrey's production if he's going down i don't think there's one direct backup and george scarlett does have some home run ability and can do that but Again, not a polished pass catcher. Cameron, Cameron R. Spain has pretty much been a zero in that area. So that's going to be the biggest concern should McCaffrey go down, how they make up their production, I think. They'll spread it around elsewhere and use more of the receivers and maybe more of a Samuel in a third down back role there from wide receiver. We'll talk about Samuel and the rest of those Panthers wide receivers in a moment. But guys, we've got to take a break here to... Uh, Talk about sex. That's right. Good sex. Remember the days when you're always ready to go? Well, time to increase your performance and get it, get that extra confidence in bed. Once again, it's BlueChew.com. Blue like the color blue. With BlueChew, you get the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So, confident it works. And you can take BlueChew anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And Because BlueChew is chewable, it can work up to twice as fast as a pill. So, you can be ready... Whenever it's time to go. And that opportunity arises. And it's not just for guys that can't performance. For anybody who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. And because Bluetooth prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. And Bluetooth can also prescribe to you online. And ship straight to your door in a discreet package. So you don't have to worry about waiting in the pharmacy. Or visiting the doctor. And with that... you. That means no more awkwardness. Just get Blue Chew delivered conveniently to your home, cheaper and more effective. And right now, you've got a special deal as a listener to Locked On Fantasy Football. Visit BlueChew.com, get your first shipment free, use the promo code LOCKED ON. That's right, the promo code LOCKED ON. You'll only pay the $5 shipping. BlueChew.com, B L U E C H E com. promo code LOCKED ON to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew, the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll be right back here with a look at the Panthers receiving core at wideout and tight end. Okay, let's uh, expand on that added help here for Cam Newton that we feel really good about here in 2019. DJ Moore leads the pack. He only started 10 games last year as a rookie, another first-round pick following McCaffrey. 16 games, he had 82 targets, 55 catches of those, 78, 780 yards and two touchdowns, but showed a lot more explosive potential. So that's pretty good, 14.3 yards per catch, limited targets, rather efficient with those targets. So you're looking at if he's in a regular role here and Cam Newton's healthy, can push the ball downfield. And remember, DJ Moore, like Christian McCaffrey, can make – a lot of things happen after the catch as well. Can get shot out of the cannon once he gets the ball short, and do the damage that way. There's a lot of ways he can work it and get downfield. And Moore's just a superior talent. Can be a high-volume receiver if needed. Therefore, the Panthers, 788. You're looking at a good chance here in a more regular role to push to a thousand yards. Get to that six-touchdown mark. So he's a wide receiver three with a bullet. That means I think. He has a chance to finish as a strong wide receiver, too, this year. I mean, he's clearly their number one wide receiver going into this year. I think there's going to be a lot more confidence from DJ Moore. He's totally settled this offense. And you look at the other weapons here. Curtis Samuel is the next guy up, and they have some big plans for him to get him involved again. An extension McCaffrey, get them all in the, these guys' hands, in open field, have them stretch the field a little bit. Samuel, to me, is the quick guy. You want to work on a slot, do a little bit more damage after the catch, so a little bit maybe more PPR appeal there for Samuel, but I still see Moore leading this team in catches here again this season. So I think with Samuel, I wouldn't get too excited. I mean, the team's talking him up as a big playmaker, but I think DJ Moore's ability and Christian McCaffrey's ability and the crossover in that skill set kind of hurts necessarily what Samuel's ceiling could be. I think he has a decent floor, but... That's more as a wide receiver four here to me, because of McCaffrey's massive volume in the passing game, really making more the uh kind of the second receiver there on this team, even though the best wide out of there. So so with McCaffrey and more of their production, I think that's gonna hurt Samuel a little bit. But DJ Moore, I'm really excited about his upside as a wide receiver too. Could have a big, big year. And I think you you're gonna continue to see his draft status can rise. I mean you've seen it. Sixth round, I think it could be fifth round now for DJ Moore, and you have to be careful of not buying too much of the hype. But he clearly is their number one. I think I don't think it's a co-number one situation with Moore and Samuel the way the team likes to promote. There's a reason the team used a first-round pick on Moore. Reason why he produced a little bit more. And Samuel also has the durability concern. He only played in eight games last year. That's just going to come with a smaller wide receiver who has that history. While we know McCaffrey's fully healthy. And more, a little bit of a bigger guy that can uh, stay upright as well. Now, elsewhere at wide receiver, you have uh, Torrey Smith. Not a true interest in him. I think he'll hold on to the team. He's a good locker room guy. Jarius Wright is just their really best pure slot veteran option and is a North Turner favorite. So I think he'll make it. Chris Hogan will probably be in the mix so, as the next D threat. So you're looking at Moore and Samuel leading the depth chart here overall with their usage Chris Hogan I think has a little bit more appeal than Smith because he can work the slot if needed, he's a possession guy as well as a field stretcher whereas Smith I think is limited to being a field stretcher but I think in the end you'll probably have more and Samuel, Wright making the team, Hogan and Smith in that order and guys like Aldrick Robinson Rashad Ross and uh, the 7th round pick Terry Godwin having a much tougher time sticking on this team, they want a little bit of versatility they want a lot of field stretchers and with Smith and Hogan helping uh, more, I think you'll get that. And then Wright kind of uh, flanking Samuel as a slot option on this team. Really, they want to use Samuel more and more outside. And that gives Wright and Hogan a lot of value because they need to have that veteran slot presence if they're going to do that. So, again, Smith, I think, is going to be falling hard on this if he makes a team I expect him to because they have to carry five wide receivers. Some of these guys are going to have some crossover. Special teams duty with Christian McCaffrey. So that's what you look at right now. I think DJ Moore could easily return punts and Curtis Samuel could be a fixture on kickoffs with McCaffrey. So they need some depth here because of that ability. So I think they'll carry all these guys. But I think, again, I wouldn't go too crazy about Hogan or Smith or Wright, especially because the receptions trickle down for McCaffrey and go from there. At tight end, Ian Thomas, not quite his time to fully take over here. In a pretty good campaign last year, made six starts, played in all the games. 36 catches on 49 targets, 333 yards and two TDs. Greg Olson stayed healthy throughout the season, nine games, 27 catches on 38 targets, 291 yards and four TDs. So the TDs were there for Olson, I mean, if you project that over almost uh, a full season. You're looking at 7 to 8 TDs, 600 yards, and close to 60 catches. So not bad in that conversation, but Thomas, you know, is going to cut into that a little bit this year. We know Olsen is a little bit older. It's hard to completely trust to stay healthy. He's had a great career and great producer. I think if he's coming back and it's a North Turner offense where they make good use of the tight end as well, He'll be productive. I think he's in the back end tight end one conversation. We're a little concerned about health and a little concerned about Thomas coming on and becoming a big factor. But those are the things you look at here. So Olsen, when you look at uh, him, I mean, he's still very athletic. If he's healthy, we know he can produce. And that's that's the bottom line with him is that you know that they want to factor him in this offense and Unfortunately, again, it's a tougher situation because you think you can't figure out the committee between him and Thomas at this very moment. I think when you look at the ADP for Olsen, I think it's kind of interesting that he's well out of the top 12 here. He's going around 17, ranked 16, so that puts him in the bottom tier. But borderline tight end one, when you look at some of the guys ranked ahead of them, Austin Hooper, I mean, there's similar numbers available to Olsen. you got Delaney Walker also coming off major injury. I think I'd rather have Chris Herndon there than Olsen. Uh, Jack Doyle splitting and work with uh, Eric Ebron and Mo Alley-Cox. I think Olsen might have some more, more appeal there. So, again, borderline tight end one. I think that's exactly where he should be looked at. It's a tough position to navigate, but he's not a bad option to have if you're trying to find some value at that position, if you're going to soon some guys play the tight end matchups Olsen would definitely be strong in that conversation while Thomas will need to wait his turn and he could be a big target for us next year when Olsen presumably is in the TV world commentating in uh, 2020 somewhere on some network doing his thing and uh, becoming the next star at that position that's when we'll look more to Thomas uh, assuming North Turner is there to develop him into the next solid North Turner tight end We've seen in the past, uh, dating all the way back to Jay Novichak, guys like that, and guys like uh, Jordan Cameron, who've also flourished there at times with Norv Turner. So, that's the look at the wide receivers and tight ends. We'll be back in a moment to look at the defense, a very integral part of what the Panthers do here, their outlook for 2019. But first, I got to say, Make sure you're checking out all the great NBA free agency stuff here on the Locked On Network, our Locked On NBA team, team-by-team podcast. They're great. Locked On Fancy Basketball. We've got you covered on all the developments, the analysis, the fallout there. Just follow all our good NBA stuff on Locked On NBA Net. That's right, at Locked On NBA Net is the Twitter handle there. It's an awesome way to get all the latest opinions from the local experts and our national shows during NBA free agency. We'll be right back to wrap up a look at the Panthers going into 2019 training camp. All right, uh, we've given you an outlook on the quarterback situation, Cam Newton, running back Christian McCaffrey, wide receivers led by DJ Moore, the tight end led by Greg Olson, also a quick look at the offensive line there and how that can help Newton. Now we have to look at the defense, and the defense is making a transition. It's kind of a hybrid 3-4-4-3, which is a little different look. And for that day, drafted two guys that can be very exciting and productive. Brian Burns from Florida State, just an athletic freak. First rounder. Christian Miller, a good versatile guy, 3-4 experience with Nick Salmon in Alabama there at linebacker. So it's very intriguing when you have Luke Keekley and Shaq Thompson as established playmakers on the second level. You had Gerald McCoy as well, Bruce Irvin up front, with Dante Poe So different sources of guys to go after the uh, quarterback when you had Kawan Short in that mix. You have Mario Addison returning. So I had a lot of death there with Irvin and McCoy and Burns and Miller. So all of a sudden you're loaded in the front seven to go after the quarterback, so The Panthers are well positioned to do that better. Rod Rivera is going to be calling the plays here. Defensively taking over from a a couple straight defections there with the defense. and Looking at this uh, team, there's a lot of playmaking potential, that's for sure. I think you have to play the matchups a little bit. I think the pressure is going to be there. The linebacker plays are going to be there. Keekly is still going to be Studley there as an IDP player. Really comes down to James Bradbury, Dante Jackson there in his second year. Are they going to step up in the secondary and make plays? You have Eric Reed settled in pretty nicely. Rashawn Golden will be the wild card there the second year, third rounder to maybe clean up this uh, secondary. But there's definitely some potentials here for the Carolina Panthers as they come together defensively. And Rivera again has had some very productive units we know in the past. From uh, the Chargers days and Eagles days and Bears days, he's connected there in tune with the uh, different types of schemes uh, as the the Buddy Ryan influence as well. So I think he can make it happen here and uh, really help the sack total go up. Especially when you look at last year, they lost uh, Julius Peppers and his five sacks, and they needed some of this reinforcement here. But Shaq Thompson was effective there, three and a half sacks. He had Some good production from Mario Addison. Now you had McCoy and Miller and Burns. A lot of good pass rush quotient. Raising there for this team. And uh, Luke Kuechly, again, IDP guy that you're looking for. I think Shaq Thompson has that appeal as well on this team. Uh, Jackson guy to watch in the secondary after having a sack and four interceptions and 74 tackles last year. So he could be a steadier force here. So I really like the playmaking potential of the Panthers' defense. I think they're definitely draftable. I think you have to watch the matchups again. I think there's something we do have to be concerned about in the NFC South because the Falcons have firepower. The Panthers certainly do. The Saints and Bucks all can light up the scoreboard. So outside the division, you want to look to play the Panthers a little bit more. That's a little bit of concern here. But I think there are back end defense and special teams that you look at. They're, if you look at uh, where they're being drafted at, the moment, it's kind of interesting because uh, people are somewhat in and somewhat not with the Panthers. I think they're being drafted pretty low right now in the 21st ranked, uh, 20 ADP, but really when I look at the teams, anywhere from 13 to 21 in this rankings, when you have the Cowboys, Eagles, Seahawks, Steelers, Titans, Colts, Chiefs, Packers. Panthers. I mean, any of these teams can end up being a defense special teams one. So, take that to your advantage. Some teams are going to be on other high-profile teams Well, you can get a couple of these lower-tier teams stream and get the production you need from this defense. And the Panthers are a very strong rebound candidate to be a better all-around team. Just hard again to plug in any team from this division consistently week in and week out. I think that's just a hard unit to find unless you're willing to use a much higher pick on a defense uh, such as the Bears or the Rams, if you're looking for that type of team, but also comes at with an opportunity cost with a higher pick. While well, the Panthers you can get comfortably and be useful for you in many weeks. At kicker, you look at Graham Gano, not a bad option there. If you're looking for some consistency in a guy that has produced in the past, Big time. I mean, right now, Graham Gano, right outside the top twelve. There. So again, it shows you kicker and defense values can get it anywhere if you're still employing those positions in your league. So overall, what we looked at, Cam Newton, more of a back end QB one at best here in 2019. Just the rise of the position. We're not totally going to go in on him. I think you're looking at him in that eight to twelve range at QB with uh, Christian McCaffrey. You're looking at uh, RB that's in the top three or four for sure in fantasy football. And DJ Moore, one of the hottest sleepers around uh, wide receiver there in 2019. So there's your summary of the Panthers, what we feel about them going into training camp. Not too much is going to change with the way we feel about their certain skill positions at this moment. There's not a lot of battles, just some backup things we want to Half sort out there for the Panthers, and the main thing is the health of Cam Newton. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Fantasy Football. We'll be back tomorrow with a look at the New Orleans Saints and their exciting offensive possibilities for fantasy football in 2019.